Welcome to Life on the Road. I'm your host, Chad, at Bearded Van Life. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Just wanted to come on here and let you know that this show started on YouTube. You can visually see all the episodes and get additional information on all my guests at youtube.com backslash at life underscore on the road. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and enjoy the conversation. You see all the van life photos, you watch all the van tours, but do you wonder what this nomadic lifestyle is all about? Are you curious about life on the road? Social media calls it hashtag van life. We call it home. I'll ask 10 questions to get you the stories that you want to hear from the people who live, work, and travel and adventure in this nomadic lifestyle. Welcome to Life on the Road. Welcome to another episode of Life on the Road, where I ask 10 questions to get you the stories that you want to hear about her experience on the road. Uh, Welcome, Brittany. Hi. Thanks, Chad. Thank you for doing this. Um, As we always start, please tell us your name. um, Tell us a little bit about your job and shamelessly promote yourself. (laughs) Cool. Um, yeah, my name is Brittany, but most importantly, my dog's name is Polly. Um, it's a little bit cold out here today. It so. is freezing <laughs> once again. We are filming in ridiculously cold environments. Oh, uh, yes. I can't believe we haven't headed south yet. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to head south. I'm going to stay north and ski, but yeah. I get it. Soon enough. Soon enough. Um, but yeah, my name's Brittany, um, and I work in the psych, uh, psychedelic space full-time. Um, so I do microdosing education and research, which always tends to be a fun topic amongst the van community. For sure. Um, and I also teach uh, the Wim Hof method, so breath work and cold exposure. Nice. Um, we're, so despite that... <laughs> we are in cold exposure right now. Yeah. Not a part of the Wim Hof method, no. Uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't hate this as much as I am right now. No, but I <laughs> Admittedly, and I do. I, I don't disagree with you. And completely uh, thank you for doing this in this crazy cold day that we're in uh, Santa Fe. Um, where can everybody find you? Yeah, so the easiest place is on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Breathwork Caravan. Um, technically, I have a website in the works, but it's been in the works for about six months. So, <laughs> Fair Instagram. Enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm building one right now as well. So, yeah. yes, I understand that, uh, that process. Okay, uh, it's time to learn about your life on the road. Awesome. Uh, question one uh, What was the beginning moment, cause, or inspiration? for living your life on the road? Yeah, so the short long story. um, We're good with long stories. (laughs) Long stories are okay. Um, Three to four hours. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see, to be determined. Um, Yeah, so my journey as a nomad actually started about 10 years ago. Okay. 
I was burnt out, um, overworked, depressed, living an overly urban lifestyle in Chicago. Okay. Um, and I'll spare some of the details, but I had um, a very clear moment that if I wanted to feel better, I needed to change my environments. Okay. And at the time, I was actually hosting couch surfers. I'd okay. been hosting couch surfers for like a year. Okay. In um, Chicago? In Chicago. Okay. Um, so that was a really cool experience. And there was one person in particular, this Italian man who was on a one-year sabbatical traveling around the world. And we were out for drinks. It was actually the night that the Blackhawks won the World Series. Okay. So, um, or the you know, Stanley Cup. Or yes. Stanley Cup, <laughs> World Series sports. This is why I live in a van. I love it. <laughs> so perfect. So perfect. Um, but, um, yeah, that one was a little embarrassing. <laughs> but, you know, they won the cup. Thing. Yes. Yes. Um, and I remember saying to him, I wish I could do what you do. Yeah. And his response was, why can't you? Um, so that alongside just knowing that I really needed to change something if I wanted to feel better spawns, um, a backpacking trip around the world. So I sold everything I owned, um, rented out my condo, uh, backpacked for quite a long time and then just kind of took every opportunity that came my way. So lived in New Zealand for a year, lived in India for a while, moved to the Netherlands, lived in Portugal. Um, and yeah, so that was really, um, eight years of my life okay. and then the pandemic hit and unfortunately I had to leave uh, Europe mm-hmm. um, and where are you going? <laughs> I'm sorry it's okay. um, but yeah I had to leave Europe and um, had to come back to the US had a lot of anxiety figuring out where in the US I wanted to come back to right. um, most of my roots are in Indiana and Chicago did not want to go back to those places. Sure. Uh, so decided to live everywhere. Okay. Um, and that was a little over a year ago. Okay. Yeah. So when you came back though, was it something that you purposefully thought, okay, I want to live in a van and I want to travel or it was like, I still want to, I still want to travel. I just don't know what the means are just yet. Or did you have van life as a direct, like, that's what I want to do? Yeah, it was more, this is what I want to do. Um, it provided a a solution to my problem, which was, I didn't know where in the U S I wanted to live. Um, and admittedly I've done a significant amount of travel around the world. Mm -hmm. So little travel in my own home country. So, um, you know, at one point I definitely, um, you know, struggled with the, the thought of feeling forced to come back and instead I eventually flipped it to I get to explore all of the wonderful things in the U.S. that I've not yet had the opportunity to explore. Sure. So van life's really um, given that uh, opportunity to me yeah. as well as uh, yeah, solving the problem of not knowing where I want to live. It makes <laughs> so. perfect sense. So when did you start? Like what was the year you started? I started it's 2022. So I yeah. started 2021, okay. um, literally just about a year ago. Okay. So been yeah, on so, the road for about a year full yeah. time. So in your van, my van is Donna Louise, and Donna Louise. Um, Love she's it. a 1994 Ford Econoline. Love it. Uh, we fight a lot. <laughs> we'll get into that for <laughs> sure. So, um, okay. Uh, question number two, uh, what has been your experience with other nomadic travelers while living your life on the road? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the nomadic community is uh, a wonderful one. And um, I brought in this to, you know, backpacking as well, not just my time um, yeah. on the road in the van. Yeah, you've obviously um, spent a lot of time, maybe more so traveling by backpack versus yeah, obviously definitely. by road. So. Yeah, um, and yeah, the nomadic community is so great because there's um, there's a lot of quick, deep connections that oftentimes happen. Yeah. Um, it is not uncommon to meet people that it's very likely that you'll meet them then and maybe, yeah. probably, never, ever again. Yeah. Um, I oftentimes think with the nomadic community as well, a lot of us are... Um, for lack of a better term, misfits, um, Very much that so. haven't really fit in with a normal lifestyle. Yeah. And so almost always there tends to be an immediate connection yeah. um, with other nomads. And conversations tend to be far less surface level right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, I can have a conversation with a fellow nomad and really get to know who they are. And by the end of the conversation, not know where they're from, what they right. do for a living, all of these things that we tend to associate someone's identity with. Yeah. Um, and with the nomad community, those things just matter so much more or less. It's more just like, mm-hmm. you know, you're this uh, cool human in front of me right. and like, let's let's yeah. dig a little right out of the gate. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, no time to waste. I may not see you again. Or, yeah. you know, if I do, it may be months again from now. Yeah. Um, so definitely one of my favorite things yeah. uh, about the community. Well, and it seems like, you know, we share so many experiences of just our daily life. Like you were referring to the things that like people always want to like the surface level stuff like that we know we share. And so you always just skip right past that and get into kind of some of the more kind of deeper things, trying to get to know people quicker and faster, which, yeah. Um, do you feel that this is a community oh, talk, one, talk one, about the, the 100% yeah um it's it's a it's a community where at one point or another um many of us have had our frustrations our struggles our hiccups our fuck-ups our i can say fuck on yes. there yeah okay. 100%. Uh, <laughs> we're we're <laughs> swearing friendly on the show all right cool um But, um, and through that, at one point or another, members of the community have always and will always, um, step up to jump in support. Um, and for me, that's really what defines a community. Um, I think in a lot of our culture, um, those elements of, if you have more than something, um, share it, Mm -hmm. um, if someone needs you, um, you support them. Yeah. Um, those things tend to be lost in this sort of individualized, um, privatized, I don't want to share my struggles with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to seem like I've had any failures, so I hide them from people. Yeah. Um, and in this community, oftentimes you can't, you can't, can't hide. hide. Uh-uh. Um, I mean, as much as some of us try to, you yeah. know, two weeks at a time in the middle of nowhere, but, um, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's really, um, that's really it. Everyone is just willing to look out for each other, support each other, to mm-hmm. um, share what you have more of, and also be willing to receive when you need to receive, which I think is the, the, the flip, flip side, side. Yeah. as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that you hit it 
you said it perfectly in a sense that, you know, it's been maybe the biggest surprise for myself has been the willingness to help others, you know, no matter what, like, you know, if you, and everybody in the van community is going to find themselves at some point in need of help. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, it's, it's what happens when you live a life on the road, like you're going to need help and, yeah. you know, to be able to reach out to friends or even strangers, um, and, yeah. and find help is really, um, yeah, I think you hit it perfectly. Um, Okay. Question three. What is your biggest failure and what has been your biggest triumph while living your life on the road? Um, I'll start with the triumph actually. Um, and I wouldn't say there's a singular one per se. Um, but my van is a self conversion and prior to doing my self conversion, Um, you know, I'd used a hammer and a drill. I've changed out a few light fixtures, but I'd never done any massive, um, building or big projects of that sort. So I would say the build itself is a huge triumph, (laughs) first of all. Um, but also just the amount of problem solving, (laughs) um, stuff breaks all of the time (laughs) without fail, whether you have a self build or a professional build stuff will break. It's just part of the, part of the gig. Um, and I can confidently say that everything that's broken, I've been able to somehow figure it out myself, which is, um, you know, in, in any other scenario, like if I was living in an apartment, I would have called a handyman for half the stuff that's been broken in my van. But Mm -hmm. when you're in the middle of the nowhere in, you know, on a road, on the road, you don't have an address. It's not like you can just ping a handyman to like, (laughs) you know, come to the (laughs) miles out in BLM land. Yeah. Yeah. Come find me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm next to uh, this one pile of aspens. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, just, actually being able to figure out, um, yeah. everything myself and not resorting to convenience when stuff happens. Not that that's a bad thing, but, no. um, oftentimes you can't resort to convenience, yeah. uh, on the road. So super satisfying. I imagine. Yeah. I would say that's the biggest, um, triumph. Okay. Um, the biggest failure, failure, <laughs> um, yeah. That's a really tough one. I mean, I've had some like tough moments on the road. Yeah. I've had things go wrong. But Specifically I'm not sure to the vehicle or? It, mostly the vehicle. Mostly the vehicle. Like I said, we fight a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of something being a failure, I don't know. I think that's just part of it. And. Yeah there's nothing that comes to mind that I'm like, whoa, I'm so embarrassed or shamed. That was shitty. Um, yeah, I think that's my answer. I mean, I love that in a sense that I think we do this because we obviously love it. We obviously want to travel. We obviously want to experience things on the road. And so, you know, I always say I don't have bad days. Like, It's one of those things where I'm doing something that I truly love to do. And so even my worst days are truly not bad days. So like to say that I love the fact that you're like, I don't really have any failures. Yeah. And I mean, that's not to say I don't like, like, I mean, I've, so 
my van is old. Yeah. The lights are not automatic like right. they are in most people's cars. <laughs> like I have this little old school pull switch yeah. and if I don't turn it off um, and because when you live in the van as well, it's not uncommon to park yeah. and then go straight to the back of the van. Right. So like I don't open my door right away. So then my van doesn't alert me that I've left my lights, lights on. on. <laughs> um, so a few de- dead batteries in your... I've had a few dead batteries. Yeah. And before you make fun of me, like it was never in the dark. It was always like driving through fog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I like park up for a work meeting and forgot to turn my lights off. So yeah. it was just not super obvious. Yeah. Although the two times I've done that, right across from a mechanic. <laughs> so Perfect. like if you're going to kill your battery... Yeah. Do it Do when it you're right, right across exactly. from mechanics. Yeah, you can walk across the street and um, get a jump and you're good. Yeah, exactly. So in that sense, um, my failures are smart failures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're good failures. Yeah. Uh, or proper place at mm. the proper time failures. Um, okay, question four. Did you start your life on the road as a single person? And what is it like living as a single person on the road? Um. Yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, I did start out single. Um, I'm still single. <laughs> um, Love it. <laughs> you know, for me, I think um, not that big of a challenge. Uh, I've backpacked around the world by myself. Yeah. So to be honest, living in a van actually has way more conveniences and living in a van in my own country where I speak the same language as everyone yeah. and I know how things work. Yeah. Um, falling into it was pretty easy for okay. me. Um, you know, there are times, uh, especially on long driving days, I'm still working on teaching Polly how to drive. <laughs> we're not there yet. Uh, Cannot wait for that day. <laughs> I know. I think she, she's not thrilled. She's <laughs> like two more years till I get my license, <laughs> mom. Um, but, uh, you know, there are days where it, it would be nice to have someone to help do some of the driving or it would be nice to have someone do some of the planning and help figure out where I'm camping for the night. Um, Those kind of things can get really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes there is tiny envy when, um, you know, I know van life couples are able to support each other in those those ways. Yeah. Um, It's one of the things that I love about caravanning with others. Um, You know, I've caravanned quite a bit with a lot of my single lady friends, and it is always so nice to be able to share the load a little bit um, and support each other in that way. Yeah. Um, Hi. Yeah. uh, Polly's getting over a little bit of a cold, so. She's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, and other than that, I mean, I get to make all of the decisions and I get to do what I want. So there are upsides to being by myself as well. And of course I'm not fully by myself. Polly, Polly makes a great companion. Yeah. Amazing. Um, dating on the road is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you led me right into my next question. I mean, traveling solo and, you know, not only traveling solo dating wise, but just even speak to traveling as a solo female traveler, um, in your van, like whether, you want to discuss dating or not, but just even traveling as a solo female traveler? Yeah. Um, so for the most part, I felt 
safe the entire time I've been in my van. Okay. Um, I think I do exercise a little bit more caution than sure. um, some of my male um, van lifers. Yes. Um, there have been many a spots where, for whatever reason, I just had this feeling that it just didn't feel quite safe yeah. um, and left. Yeah. And had I been caravanning with others or had I had, you know, a second person in my vehicle, yeah. maybe I would have um, camped out in those places. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear that more often than not, is that my intuition said, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. And the beauty of living in a van is you change your environment instantly. Go on to the next place. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what's funny? Most of the time those places are public places. I think um, most people who don't um, have this lifestyle assume yeah. that the most uncomfortable situations I would find myself in are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it's actually like, I'll get to Walmart and be like... <laughs> Oh, it just feels so sketchy yeah. in this parking lot, yep. even though there's lights and like mm-hmm. lots of people and mm-hmm. cameras. Um, so most of the situations in which I've opted to leave have actually been um, more public places. I have had one instance at a um, rest area where my van was blacked out, so I couldn't see out. Um, I was settled in for the night. Polly was growling for like an hour. I had no clue why. Um, It was super windy, so I just assumed, like it was so windy, it felt like there were two men um, pushing the van back and forth. Um, So I assumed she was just upset because of the wind. And after about an hour of her growling, um, I got a knock on my van door. So I like peeked out like super tiny. (laughs) And it was a female police officer. And so I opened the door and she's like, ma'am, are you aware that there's a man who's been circling your van for an hour? Um, She's like, uh, several people have actually come into security on your behalf. Oh, wow. um, And asked if I felt unsafe. And I was like, well, now I do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Now that I'm aware of this. Yeah, and it was really strange because it was in a um, well-lit rest area. A lot of people pulling over to sleep because the wind was so bad. Um, So I'm still uncertain as to what this gentleman thought he was going to get away with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the police officer confronted him and he like spit on her f- um, feet and got really aggressive oh, immediately. Wow. So, you know, he was thinking yeah. something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, they had to escort him off property and oh, park goodness. a police officer next to me so that I could comfortably sleep all night. Wow. Um, so it's the, it's the only situation yeah. I found myself in. Yeah. And again, it was in a very public place, yeah, yeah, yeah. well lit, like yep. super bizarre. Yep. I often uh, like we. I've talked about this with a lot of friends, and even friends that aren't van lifers, because it's a question that comes up all the time. Mm. And I always tell people, I feel safest when I'm out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. when I'm out in the woods, when I'm out in the mountains. When, but when I parked in a city, even like IE last night, like parking where I parked last night. Yeah. It was nerve-wracking to hear cars driving by and, like, to hear or see lights going by and those types of things. So, yeah, yeah. I completely can relate to that for sure. So, um, you can talk about dating on the road if you want. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... I think my non-nomad friends think that it's got to be harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, in some ways it can be, but for the most part it's not. Like, dating... Dating's dating in the world that we live in is just dating. <laughs> exactly. um, dating where, you know, apps is how most people meet each yeah. other. And, you know, everyone has this sense of um, FOMO and something else coming along that's better. And, yeah. um, you know, having to judge primarily based off of looks, um, it's challenging. I do find um, I try to be upfront 
about living in a van because yeah. I know it's a weird lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but, but it's who you are. It's what yeah. you want. It's what you do. Yeah. Well, and I've, of course, I don't want anyone who's not going to be open-minded to that. And I also yeah. don't want to give anyone any surprises. Um, For sure. But what I struggle with about being upfront about that on my dating profiles is like the number of men that will message me simply because they're like, oh, I've been thinking about doing that. Can you give me some advice? What kind of van should I get? And I'm like, dude, like, did all this research myself. Exactly. You can as well. Yeah, exactly. A little thing called Google. YouTube, uh, <laughs> go watch a show. Go Otherwise, watch a tour. here's my booking link. You can pay me a hundred bucks for a consultation fee. Amazing. Um, so that's, that's frustrating. And yeah. then also there is, um, Another segment of men who I think are also like, oh, cool, she lives in a van, like, she's an easy one-night hookup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's, you know, it's annoying, but <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, there are sometimes, you know, people that I meet who find me interesting mm -hmm. um, because of the lifestyle that I've chosen, and sure. they tend to be people that are just more open-minded yeah. and adventurous yeah. and, um, which is obviously the type of person that's probably more aligned for me. Anyway, yeah, so. exactly. In general. That makes yeah. sense. I get it. Well, leads is a perfect lead into question number five. Uh, <laughs> what is the best place or craziest place you've had sex during your life on the road? Funnily enough. I love that. It is in my van. <laughs> And I say this okay. um, because I barely fit mm -hmm. in my van. Um, I yes. have one of the smaller wig rigs on the road. Yes. Height-wise, um, specifically. Yes. Yeah. And granted, there are people who live in low tops yeah. um, that are the same size. And God bless them because I could never. Yeah. Um, I can just stand up in my van. I'm 5'2". Yeah. Um, Holly and I barely fit in there together. Yeah. And in fact, one of the commands that she knows is beep, beep. And it means she has to back up because there's no room for her to like turn around. Um, and that was born out of living in the van. So Love if I it. say beep, beep, she just starts like, walking backwards. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so there's not a whole lot of space for movement around here. Yes. I have managed to fit one six foot man in my van. God bless him. He's such a good sport. <laughs> um, That's impressive. I'm not sure if I should tell the rest of the story, but I'm going to. You can. Um, so, you know, it is, I know that it's possible. Yes. Um, you have to get creative. Yes. Um, but creative can sometimes mean be fun. Be fun. <laughs> but also, it's so small. Again, Polly and I barely fit, and Polly's used to sleeping in bed with me. <laughs> also, her nickname, despite how she looks right now, is Party Polly. Yes. Because she likes to be part of the action. Yes. So I'm pretty sure, not pretty sure she did. She managed to get to his balls before I could. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, uh, he was a super good sport about it. it. Um, it made for lots of giggles yeah. and yeah. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, my van. Your van. It's <laughs> the perfect craziest place. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, your van is, let's call it height challenged for sure. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've sat in your van and it's been like, I'm super afraid of. Uh, potentially hitting my head, but yeah, I imagine. I mean, I can stand up in my van and I still hit my head <laughs> like twice a day. It's amazing. Okay. Question six. Uh, how do you make money, uh, while living on the road? Oh, oh it's just a friend. 
She, uh, so guard dog, don't yeah, fuck with me exactly. in the van. She'll get you. Exactly. Um, it's okay, babe. Um, yeah, so I'm really fortunate. Um, the job I had before I even started living in the van, um, it's a really small team, just me and the two co-founders. Um, and because of that, um, I've really had the opportunity to fully craft my role and how I want to work in my work environment. Um, so I was remote before I even moved, um, into the van. Okay. Uh, so that, uh, was really fortunate. Um, it can sometimes be a challenge. Um, I work for a Dutch company, so it's not uncommon for me to take work calls sometimes at five or 6 AM. Um, of course, living on the road, also comes with just some tech frustration sometimes. Yep. Um, sometimes no matter how much you plan, no, no matter how much you test the service, you know, an hour before your Zoom call, yeah. it'll change and then, you know. Can't get through. Can't get through. Yeah. Um, but again, um, you know, because we're such a small team and I've really had the ability to craft my role uh, my team is very flexible nice. and willing to work with me. So okay. that's really nice. And then, um, you know, one of the other things that uh, I'd like to do more of, um, I have done a little bit of, um, is just planning Wim Hof workshops uh, okay. along the way. Uh, and that's been really exciting Nice uh, to do the occasional uh, Wim Hof workshop and just really beautiful, random, crazy places. And right. it's not uncommon for me to run into people at campsites who are like, Wim Hof, I've always wanted to do that. And for me to literally just lead like a free breathwork session for the campsite, yeah. it happens all the time. Awesome. Um, so I don't necessarily do that for money, although I do make some income from it. Right. Um, but it's more of a little... Passion um, projects. Yeah, passion. And, um, you know, it's a fun gift uh, yeah, yeah. to give others yeah. uh, as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I before we like drift on to the next question, I want to talk a little bit about what you do because what your, yeah. your real job or what, how you make money, um, is very interesting and is, uh, comes up a lot in, in van travel and nomadic travel. And, um, I think it's genuinely very interesting. So, um, please talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So I basically am, um, COO Jill of all trades for an organization called microdosing Institute. Okay. Uh, we specialize in um, microdosing education and community and um, research. Cool. So, um, for those who aren't aware of what microdosing is, um, I think this is where we want to talk. Yeah, <laughs> this is what we want to get across. And how much longer do you have? Yeah, now? exactly. Uh, um, maybe in the show notes, I can uh, drop we'll leave some, some links, links for, for those sure. who want to learn more. One hundred percent. Yeah, microdosing is the practice of taking. Um, tiny sub-hallucinogenic amounts of psychedelic substances on a semi-regular basis um, with the intention of improved quality of life. And that means many different things to many different people. Sure. Um, And yeah, I think one of the other big questions I get is like, oh, microdosing shrooms. Um, Yes, but also um, microdosing LSD and copyvine and wachuma, um, lots of different beautiful substances and plant medicines that we educate on and work with. Uh, so yeah, I basically, um, I'm in the thick of a very interesting, beautiful, growing, uh, space. And, um, you know, my organization has a lot of, um, um, 
influence on where the space is going. Okay. And that's been really cool to see yeah. and, and be a part of it in that way as well. For sure. And, and again, like genuinely, like your work is just helping people improve their lives, which is obviously, I think maybe the point, obviously. Yeah, yes no? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's not even on the individual level, but also on the collective level. Okay. Um, we, and I really believe that, um, when people are healthier, communities are healthier. Yeah. Um, and also, um, plant medicines have a really beautiful way of connecting people back to the environment and the earth. And sure. as a result, it's not uncommon for people who have experienced plant medicines to want to be more conscious humans in this world. Um, so also, you know, in the big picture, it also supports heavily, um, you know, supporting our earth. Yeah. Um, or just a better community in general. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun fun thing to do, and I'm super grateful for. And you get to do it from the road. From the road, yeah, yeah which, is, which is great. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's get to the road. Uh, what is your vehicle? Who built it? And why did you choose it to experience your life on the road? <laughs> um, so Donna. 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 Donna is a 1994 Ford Econoline. Okay. Um, when I decided to get into van life, um, I looked at many, many different kinds of rigs. Yeah. And when I was choosing to get into it, and again, a lot of it was um, the timing was because I sort of forced to come back to the U.S. Yeah. Um, but this was also, you know, a year after the pandemic. Van life had become 2020, right? more popular. Yeah. Uh, End of 2020, yeah. yeah early 2021. Okay. Um, and then also with supply chain issues, um, getting your hands on a van when I was looking was damn near impossible. I trust me. I know. Um, and so, yeah, I had like six or seven vans lined up that all fell through. Yeah. Uh, I had originally been looking at a cargo van, um, but cargo vans were also the price was just like every month, like, increasing my 10% yeah. it felt like yeah especially that time um, 2019 2020 yeah. like vans and any rig were just kind of pricing was going through the roof yeah it was insane um and then I'd see a van that felt like a great option or great price and would call and it would be sold within two hours of being listed like yeah. it was just impossible so I came across this van uh on Facebook and initially was just like, what an ugly color. <laughs> like, that is so ugly. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. But um, the ugliness is what makes it beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think it's ugly. I think it's truly vintage, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went to go look at it, and um, it had been sitting for a while because it had an engine misfire okay. that no one could figure out. Okay. Um, so... Eventually, a year later, um, I finally found a mechanic who could figure it out, and it was um, a misplaced spark plug. So, okay. <laughs> like the simplest Simple thing, thing yeah, in exactly. The world. Um, but yeah, and I took a look on the inside, and the inside when I got it, she was pimped out. <laughs> she had a TV, a VCR, yes. a Super Nintendo. Yes. Um, every seat had its own like. Uh, headphone jacks and um, controller jacks nice. for Super Nintendo <laughs> controllers. Um, c 
cassette player, wow. uh, satellite TV, 20 disc CD changer. <laughs> Amazing. I felt pretty bad gutting her. Yeah. But, well, um, you I know. Mean, the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you got the Super Nintendo. I know. <laughs> so, um, but gut her I did. Yeah. Um, and I did do a self-conversion. Okay. Um, with the help of a friend who admittedly knew a little bit more about building than I did, but not not a ton more. So yeah. it was a learning process for both of us. Okay. Um, there was a lot of frustration, yeah. a lot of tears, yeah. um, a lot of really high highs. Like, oh my God, did I just figure that out? Like, yeah. I remember when all of the electricity was like finally hooked up and like all of the solar and I turned the light on the first time. It was like, it holy worked. fuck. Like, it worked. <laughs> yeah. And same thing. Like when I figured out the plumbing and had like running water, I was mm-hmm. like, did I just like, like I can do plumbing. It's awesome. I built cabinetry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's self-built. It's yeah. built with love, yeah, but like I built cabinetry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a cool process. I'm really proud of it. How long did the process take? Five months. Five months. Um, okay. And admittedly, the build process was more like six weeks. Okay. Um, gutting the van and then preparing it was the hardest part. Okay. Um, a lot of the seats, a lot of the bolts um, were rusted. Okay. And even with like an angle grinder, because of because of the angles, like you couldn't even use an angle grinder half right. the time. Um, so like gutting the van took way more time than I realized. Okay. Um, and then of course there were some, um, you know, rust holes on the floor yeah. that needed to be prepared and covered and right. things like that. Right. Um, I mean, these are things that I feel like people should know about when you get an old vehicle, you know, this part of the process is probably going to be the hardest part is like getting it prepared. You yeah, know, things, it. things that you don't know, you can't see, yeah. you can't prepare for. Like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, gutting it was honestly the worst part of the entire process. Gotcha. Um, like, the thought of having a blank, empty cargo van without having to gut anything, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> people who went that route are so lucky. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But, uh, yeah, and also gutting it, there's so much stuff that you're just like is this important? Yeah. Does this do anything? Do I like if I, like if I rip this out, am I, is the van still going to run? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's still pretty amazing that this was done in five months. Like, you know, it's one of those things where I think, you know, it, it's different for every person, you yeah. know, the length of time and the amount of effort and the amount of care and whatever, however you want to call it or describe it. Um, you know, I've seen or heard people say, Oh, I did my build in two weeks. Oh, I did my build in two years. Like, I think it's all a personal, it's very personal. It's, you know, about your timeline. It's about your effort. It's about how much you want to put into it, you know, kind of all of the above. Yeah. How much support you have, how much prior experience you have. Exactly. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. Okay. So now that we know a little bit about Donna, what is your best bathroom? Number one or number two story from life on the road. I thought really hard about this one, (laughs) really hard. And I have like I've had no issues so and I don't have a bathroom in my van right it's just um you know I'm in the middle of nowhere a lot so like the only answer that I feel like I can give is that half the time my bathroom views are epic amazing they're truly 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 epic and there are many a times where I'm doing my business and I'm just like 
Holy cow. Am I not the luckiest human in the world exactly. right now? <laughs> the best bathroom view ever. Truly. Yeah, yeah. of course. Well, uh, so, I mean, again, and I think this is just good information for anybody who's interested in van life is not all rigs come with toilets or bathrooms. So not everyone needs or wants one either. Like I could have prioritized space for one. Right. Um, but it wasn't the best, um, priority for me yeah. and um in full disclosure i am getting a new rig yes um, i was I'm gonna upgrading i was gonna talk about that yes which is amazing <laughs> yes as much as i so have loved donna yes. um i am upgrading to a professional build yes. um a pro master on a 159 wheelbase so Love i'll have it. about twice the interior space and just a lot more convenience um and my new rig will have a um toilet um i probably will be doing a composting toilet okay but to be honest, I haven't really needed it too much or missed it too much. Right. Um, when I'm in cities, it's very easy. Like every time I fill up my tank, I yeah. know I go to the bathroom in the gas station. Yeah. Um, if I go to the grocery store, I go to the bathroom before yeah. I pick up my groceries. Yep. Um, you just get used to that. And yep. then again, when you're in the middle of nowhere, like... It's mother nature. It's mother nature. Yeah. yeah. It's so, fantastic. So, yeah. well, and again, I think it's uh, a misconception or, um, you know, a perception that people just don't understand or, or, or realize, you know, it's, you get question, you get asked that all the time. Well, how do you go to the bathroom? Well, you, you go to the bathroom you find places to go to the bathroom. It's not anything that's out of no. the ordinary. Yeah. No. So. Um, and you know, I do have a like emergency pee jug. I don't use it. <laughs> crazy often, but I have used it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, for showers, Planet Fitness all yeah. the way. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. they're not always like the best showers, yeah. but most of the time it's pretty all right. Um, it's like a rite of passage, I feel like, Planet Fitness shower. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Welcome um, to van life. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, every now and then I, if I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's no Planet Fitness, um, a lot of campsites will let you just use the shower. Yeah. Um, like aquatic centers, yeah. um, all have showers and usually a day yeah. pass is like five to seven bucks. Yeah. So like like even, rec centers or things yeah, like that. Even yeah. finding showers, like super spoiled as well. I have friends in most cities. Yep. And when I come through, usually the first question is, yeah. do you want a shower? And I'm like, I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even better if you have a bathtub. Yes. It's like the one thing I do actually miss. <laughs> Having a bathtub. It's yeah. amazing. Okay. Uh, question number nine. Um, Describe the happiest and the hardest moments you've had living your life on the road. Yeah, I think... So, one of my happiest moments, actually, um, I had met a couple of really amazing women um, at Open Roads, mm -hmm. um, also traveling solo, also in self-converted rigs. Also where we met. Yes, yes. that is true. Um, also with awesome dogs. Yes. Um, and... Uh, See photo placed right here. That <laughs> yeah, I took yeah, of the I awesome will. Dogs. Yeah, that's that. Actually, you have that photo. I, have I don't that even photo. need to share it with no, you. I have that photo. I took um, that photo. Yeah. So afterwards, we decided to go caravan together. Um, I do not have a Starlink yet, um, but one of those women does. And so we were able to go camp in the middle of nowhere where there was no cell service literally right at the entrance to some hot springs yeah. and we camped there for two nights together we had our rigs and just like a little circle we put up a sheet and watched movies at night yeah. um literally would wake up roll out of bed 
go to the hot spring yeah. and then hop on Zoom, take my work calls, do lunch together or yep. watch a movie at night. Um, and it was just especially one of those moments where you're, so many people don't have that opportunity to yeah. have that as their backyard yep. and to have such wonderful people um, in community with them in that sort of way. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's amazing when you find those moments where you're with the community that you love yeah. in that environment that is incredible. Yeah. You know, and and to your point, not many people get to do that. And so when you find those moments, they're really special. Yeah. And then just, I mean... You know, I sometimes have like negative $10 views, i.e. Walmarts, but then there are days where I yeah. legit have million dollar views. I mean, yeah. I've woken up with the ocean. Mm -hmm. I've woken up on mountaintops. Yeah. I've woken up, you know, on the tops of canyons. Yeah. Um, and those moments are never lost on me. Yeah, it is yeah. really, really special. Yeah. And I honestly think, you know, it's why we do what we do. It's why we travel and we go to the places that we want to see and to these beautiful environments. And we're very fortunate to be able to do so. So I think when those things happen, you feel that sense of gratitude. You feel that sense yeah. of like, this is why I do what I do. Okay. Now the hardest She's so sweet. I know. She's, she's literally <laughs> the sweetest thing on the planet and loves <laughs> chairs, which I absolutely adore. Yeah. Maybe we can put a quick montage oh, of Polly and chairs. hundred percent. My dog, I, I think she stole your heart when she sat in your chair for she the first did, time. Like the swivel chair. She was in the swivel chair at <laughs> yeah. Open Roads and it was Yeah, amazing. we have a photo of that. We'll pop that There's in. Like but I six photos I literally have like a montage of her in chairs on my Instagram, but yes. we'll, we'll do a slideshow for y'all here yes, too. hundred percent. Um, her love affair with chairs is it's one the of the best, best things. It's it actually is. why I bought the double chair because yeah. I kept losing my chair because she, <laughs> she would, would like sit in, sit in it and not give it to me. So it's awesome. Um, this is our solution. I love it. Um, but the hardest um, breakdowns. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, okay. Let's be super happy that Donna has a new buyer and you're getting into a new rig, but yeah. talk about the last year of maintenance and breakdowns and, issues because I know that's been a challenge yeah we fought a lot Zana <laughs> and I um as much as I love her I think sometimes she doesn't love me back <laughs> she, she may hate you on occasion um you know it she's an old van yeah. um not I've put 30,000 miles on her this year I take her on roads that she was never meant to be taken on yeah um, <laughs> Polly's okay. on it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, so admittedly, I don't treat her in the way that she should be treated. It's fair. I would say um, that's a pretty common thing with, you know, van life <laughs> travel. Yeah. Um, but also she's just a really, really, really old rig yeah. and stuff stuff happens, stuff breaks. Um, every month we're at a different mechanics. Um, you know, another thing about Donna that, um, has been a challenge is she's a 94 and a lot of places will not work on, mm. um, cars older than uh, 96 because yep. 96 they put in newer yeah. um, computers gotcha. so they can just plug in and diagnose yeah. um, while she does have a computer it's like first generation you can't plug in and diagnose and a lot of mechanics just don't want to spend the time interesting um, 
good. So for those of you looking yeah, for an older van, good information. Um, pre ninety six, most mechanics will just laugh in your face yeah, and yeah, tell yeah. you to go home. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've had to learn a lot about mechanics myself as well, which again is not a bad thing, uh, yeah. but it takes time. Um, it takes effort. Um, I imagine a lot of stress and anxiety. Yeah, well, and if it were just me, I think sometimes a little less stress, but there have been moments where last minute my vans had to go to the mechanics. They've had it for a couple of days. Yeah. I've had to figure out a dog-friendly hotel. Yeah. I have no transportation back and forth necessarily. Yeah. Um, so things can get tricky. Yeah. Um, pretty quickly yeah and it's you know it's a reality one it's a reality of van life two it's a reality of owning a vintage vehicle and you know i think it's one of the things that doesn't get really talked about or even shown you know we talk about instagram and we'll, we'll lead into that you know we talk about the you know the I don't know, the maybe misconception of what van life is all about. And this is more the reality, you know, you have an old vehicle, you have an old rig and it's going to break down and yeah. you're going to have challenges. But even, I mean, even the newer rigs aren't, um, you know, I've had people buy a brand new rig and have the engine go out in six months and granted it's under warranty, yeah. but then you're without your rig for a month. The first month I owned Althea, <laughs> I broke down in the national forest yeah. and had to have a really crazy tow truck come get me. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It I happens mean, to pro, anybody. Pro masters are notorious for the transmissions going out yep. and granted as long as it happens while well, it's still under warranty, yeah. but still like you're without your rig for a Correct. couple of weeks. You've got to figure out, I mean, there's a lot of, um, uh, struggles that can come with it. And it's not just with older rigs. Yeah, like yeah. you're, you're not, uh, just by getting a new rig doesn't mean that <laughs> you're, you're not, not without those struggles. Exactly. Well, and that's yeah. the other thing is too, like, you know, people don't talk about when you break down, it's not just your car that's breaking down. This is your home. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to figure so many other kind of little things out in order for you to kind of keep going with your daily life, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's work, whether it's your dog, whether it's, you know, uh, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, husband, wife, whatever, like those are things you have to deal with, you know, yeah. when, when those things happen. So, yeah. Well, and another thing people don't realize a lot as well is even, um, like with the taller rigs, like you've probably experienced this with Althea. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, the ProMasters and Ford Transits, um, it's also not uncommon for mechanics to not be able to fit you. Yeah. Um, in their shop. In their shop. Yeah. So like, you know, I, one of my friends with a ProMaster um, was getting so frustrated because she needed to get her tires rotated. Yeah. And like, even at the dealership, yeah. They couldn't rotate her tires because their um, lift and their garage wasn't tall enough yeah. to put her vehicle in. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of problem solving. <laughs> yeah, no. And again, it, these are we talk about these things as like our hardest moments. And obviously the, the issues you've had with Donna over the years can be super hard. But like these types of like funny stories that we're talking about this is just a part of fan life in general. Like this is the stuff that you deal with and is fun and you figure it out. Yeah. You laugh about it later. Like yeah, maybe in well, the moment. And it feels great when you finally figure it out. Exactly. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. finding a car wash for Althea is so hard. Yeah. Like, you know, so when I find one, it's a great, great day. Yes. Yeah. No, completely can relate. So, okay. Last question. Number 10 in your own words, how would you define hashtag van life? 
and then please give a piece of advice um, that uh, one piece of advice for someone that is wanting to live a life on the road. Yeah. Um, hashtag van life is not Instagram. <laughs> um, yes. No, I would say it's um, it's simplicity, it's creativity, it's um, community, uh, it's space. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things, um, and it it's so hard to define beyond that because it it's different for everyone, and yeah. everyone gets a different experience out of it. Um, yeah. But I think those things are things that. Um, everyone gets out of their experience. Yes, um, I would agree with that. And um, if I had a piece of advice, um, keep things simple. I think a lot of people, especially with all of the YouTube and some of the crazy builds, and I mean, I've there are some really beautiful builds and some crazy things that people do. Yeah. Um, but in reality, most people don't need absolutely everything that they see in every single tutorial. Yes. Um, and it's actually easier, I think, to keep your rigs simple to start yeah. and add as you realize that you miss yeah. rather than get rid of or stress trying to make your rig perfect yeah. uh, right out of the gate. Yeah. No, I think it's really good advice. Um, you know, I, I, as you meet people or you get questions um, you know, I always told people is like, you're going to build a list of like must haves that you want, keep that list relatively small yeah. and then slowly add into the things that you want. Um, but I think also like, you know, you're going to learn, I want this maybe in the future or I yeah. want this down the road. Um, and having that experience of like learning that is a really good thing rather than to your point, trying to rip it out or change it. Oh, I don't yeah, need or feeling like, you know, you need to spend twice the amount on your rig right out of the gate yeah. because some tutorial has said, yeah. you know, you here are my 10 this. van life must-haves. Yeah. Um, you don't need... Yeah. I, I, that's the beauty of van life. You hardly need anything, actually. You, it's very true. Yeah. Very true. Well, and I think going back to, like, the first part of the question is, like, defining hashtag van life. I think it's so personal, but I think the things that you touched on, everybody gets yeah. you know the idea of space the idea of freedom the idea you know of community um which was maybe my biggest surprise with van life and this is honestly genuinely why i've created this show is because i had no concept of what the community was all about mm -hmm. like what it actually was like to live on the road and so um yeah i think uh that idea of community has been truly truly a blessing and really amazing yeah no and it is lovely it's funny because i a fairly common question is like, do you get lonely? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I have to make effort to spend time on my own. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't get enough space, actually, enough. Yeah. Um, You're with so many friends and people, just in general, all the yeah. time. Um, that, yeah, finding, like, four days of just time to work or time to, you know, yeah. be by yourself is a challenge sometimes for sure. Yeah. And again, it's a blessing, you know, oh, that, absolutely. that yeah. we get to be a part of a community like this and spend time with friends so much and so often. Um, or sometimes you don't see friends for months on end, but yeah. then when you get to reconnect with them, it's pretty, uh, an amazing thing. So, yeah, no, I think, um, 
fan life gatherings have become just like family reunions at yeah. this point, which yes. is so nice. Yeah, it is really uh, fun. I will say that. Um, yeah. It's kind of maybe one of the my favorite parts of traveling on the road has been these meetups and these community events where, yeah, you get to see or you don't see somebody for months on end. But then you meet up at an event and you get to hang out for three or four days and it's really, yeah, really a fun thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing yeah. this. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. I know we're freezing. God, we're freezing. <laughs> We've been drinking coffee all morning. It is really cold out. So we are going to go warm up in Althea. And, uh, yeah, thank you for watching. And we'll see you on the next episode. So thank you. My phone was blown off. It's totally okay. <laughs> Get in your chair. Good girl. Good girl. Can you sit? Oh, you can sit in that chair. You have to come over here. Sit in your chair. There you go. <laughs> I love that she loves to sit in chairs. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Are you okay? We'll have some polypapers for sure. Are you okay? <laughs>